1: TF3, on tonight's show, we're talking all things Premier League weekend and we're going a little bit into Europe. Joining me to do that, just one other guy, Dave O'Brien,
0: welcome back. I'll tell you what, we are making a formidable front two, Lawrence. Dave, Teams in Europe are afraid. As a partnership, we're huge. We are big, you know, we may have been small in physique, but we are like two six foot seven target men who are as quick as Usman Dembele. Or this weekend, Troy Deeney. Or oh, maybe even Troy, Troy Deeney. Yeah. Quite good at covering
1: ground, right? Good at, well, definitely good at covering ground against certain teams, Dave. Uh, but more yeah. on that in a, just a moment. In fact, Dave, why don't we just dive straight into it, eh? Uh oh. We, we were going to start this podcast with Liverpool, Chelsea, but fuck it. Oh. Um, get into it, Dave. Uh, United. Wait, I'm going to have to find it in the notes. Y- there we go. United. Uh, <laughs> United played uh, Watford this weekend, Dave, and they lost
0: three-one. Yeah, it's a pretty terrible, terrible result to to end off for a pretty terrible week for Manchester United. You know, did, we did speak about on um, on Thursday night about how United and Mourinho have got it wrong in the derby—too uh, much space in front of the back four, against Feyenoord, too deep—and um, then against Watford, out out thought, and out lasted in terms of in the game and. The mentality—I uh, think the big criticism starts at Wayne Rooney. I no, no longer think this is a narrative. This is an issue. It's no oh, longer that Wayne Dave, Rooney's a, gone, from narrative to, it's
1: gone from narrative to issue. Is what you're saying, Dave?
0: What exactly what I'm saying, Lawrence? It's gone—it's gone away from the fact of people defending Wayne Rooney, saying, "Oh, you're just picking on Wayne Rooney." To the fact that Wayne Rooney is a massive issue in this side, and him continually being on the pitch—you uh, know—is killing Manchester United. It was absolutely atrocious in every single aspect of the game failed to create a, a chance in, in open play but overall his passing was so poor he was struggling to hit two yard passes with the right tempo with the right pace. struggling to play a, a you know a ball out to to a fullback unmarked with no pressure you know hit, overhitting passes overhitting crosses it was one of the one of the worst performances i've seen in recent memory for manchester united and i don't you know united are really struggling in terms of that final third the in the last um, you know the last few games since daly blind hasn't played think united have only created 17 chances in 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 the in the two games that they've not played with daily blind and that's massively down on on the start of the season but it just it seems to be something interesting. Uh, Pogba doesn't look happy um with whatever midfields around him. you know michael carrick needs to be in their fulls. so in a midfield with Pogba, carrick is a perfect man to get him the ball in the, in the final third but rooney and pogba you know rooney should be playing this role if he's going to Play number six, or number eight. You know, something Mourinho said he wouldn't do, but he has gone back and done that, which is pretty silly. It's gone against what he said. So again, very open to media criticism there, which will wind him up and will wind the team up. Why but- did
1: he do that? Why? I mean, why? I don't quite know why he set his stall out like that. Why limit yourself? It it seems a lot. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of points of you know, Mourinho. We know why he crashed out of Chelsea, whatever you want to call it. We know why you know it went that way. People sort of saying, you know, oh, they're getting third season Mourinho already, the players already don't believe all those things. That's clearly not true, but I, I mean, well, maybe it is, I don't know, but I mean, the, the point with Manchester United here is that it felt like a a reinvigoration, a revitalisation, but was that not, Is that not the case?
0: I don't know, one thing that you could definitely look at to sort of defend some of the players is they did play Thursday night away at Feyenoord and they did have an early early kickoff on Sunday, so... You know, they've not got the, the most time to, to get their bodies back and get back to Manchester and prepare for this game and then obviously go down to Watford. You know, it's Italy it's Serie They play League um, Thursday they play on Monday night. You know, obviously you can't that the Premier League and blah, 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 blah. But they weren't ready. They weren't up for it. Watford showed more fight. This Watford team is a, is a decent unit. You know, um, they've built something that's different to what was last year, but it's still very aggressive, still... In your face, you know Etienne Capoue having a pretty good game and scoring a, a pretty decent goal. But it just the, the thing that, started, that, that sort of you know, started that right in my own head about this about Man United versus Watford was that whole David De Gea, Chris Smalling moment in the first half where they just didn't talk and they ended up both going to the ball and Gallo had a pretty much an open goal which he should have put away. And obviously, would be getting a lot of criticism if Watford had gone to win the game. But it was just that start, you no, know, a very slow start, slow mentally. And it kind of just you know went through the game with that you know Pogba getting criticism again, even though he didn't have the worst game. You know, hit the bar with a shot from about thirty yards. If that was two inches um, you know lower, that would have gone. Yeah, but it wasn't. Um, wasn't that? And that, that's kind of the point, really,
1: is that it is that it wasn't.
0: Well, I think that's that that would have hidden a, a, you know a bigger issue with with United and how they are failing to create chances. and yeah, were three two a then. A, a rhythm in the final third, uh, and I think that's the big thing. I think it's the rhythm and the. Partnerships that we're seeing some some promise there. Harry Brimovich and Rashford look really good against Hull again. When Rashford moved inside to a, a striking position, they look really good again. The goal comes from a one-two with those two players. You know, it seems like they've got a connection. Mm. But there's there's not that anywhere on the pitch. The wingers look short of ideas, and some of the you know in terms of Rooney in this game, Herrera in that last game. No confidence in playing a forward pass. And did, I think that's did, something did, Mourinho needs to sort out straight you've spoken,
1: away. You've been spoken about the midfield structure. I mean, why is he sacrificing that midfield structure for. I mean, there was an evaluation today, Is uh, essentially, while Mourinho's been there, you know, it's looked a lot like not over reliance, but reliance on the big stars and then uh, lack of sort of a wider system, which is the opposite of what people are reading of what Pep Guardiola's done at City. So whilst Mourinho is sort of building in a certain direction, and you'd argue at times that, you know, his system is fantastic and we've all assumed that his system would be good, it's being evaluated now by a much higher standard than maybe Chelsea were evaluated in the past. And, uh, you know, when, it, when you put it up to the light, right now,
0: it, it's lacking. Yeah, you, you'd say so, that there is something slightly, Missing going forward, but I think it is still this hangover from Louis van Gaal. It still looks like this. It, it's a, it will take time, you know, going from Louis van Gaal's style, a ingraining a Mourinho style. It's a big jump in terms of philosophy. You're going from a short passing style where you're, you know, taking an age to move the ball from left to right. we so a very direct counter attacking style, and I think some of the United players are still stuck in the Louis van Gaal era. Do you not? Think, it I mean, I mean, like I mean Dave, third.
1: when you say stuck in the Louis van Gaal era, I mean, what one of the things that was levelled at the Louis van Gaal era was that the team still wasn't turned over enough and that there are still players in that side who aren't fit essentially in inverted commas to wear the United shirt. And so, you know, I, I mean, I was, I was very impressed by the way that Mourinho bought in the summer or the way that Manchester United bought in the summer. But I, I guess I still sort of thought, and there were mentions of mm. the fact that that squad looks a little light or looks a little, um, un, under, Done. It, I mean, yeah, you know, it's all well and good saying that you know they could come out and have a fantastic game in the next game, but you know there's got to be some consistency in there.
0: Yeah, I think that that's it. It's the consistency, maybe of the lineup, maybe of some of the players that should have been moved on. I still think, you know, there's still a lot of deadwood in, in quotation marks here that's in the squad that doesn't suit the Mourinho style. Well, if, if, if anyone's going to make the most of,
1: if anyone's going to make the most of. Deadwood. Do we believe it's Mourinho? That's that's maybe the no, issue. No, I don't think it is.
0: I think that's what I mean. I don't think that is I think Mourinho needs players that have, of his ilk of football. And unfortunately United have been playing to Louis Van Gaal's style for the last two seasons, so there are players of Louis van Gaal's ilk that aren't the same as players that are Mourinho's ilk. And that's the problem. That there's still players there that suit a different style. But, but did, I do I mean, think there needs did, to be a big did, change. Did,
1: I, think I mean, is it is it I mean then that, that then there are certain things that don't come up to I mean, there are certain things that then don't come up to evaluation, which are, well, Fellaini then. You know, wh- which which camp does Fellaini sit in?
0: Yeah, I'd say Fellaini was um, more Mourinho-style than, than Louis van Gaal-style. I definitely think Fellaini had a Mata? very good game today, bar the penalty incident. Mata is, is definitely, Mata <laughs> doesn't fit in either, to be quite honest. To be brutally honest, one Mata doesn't, didn't fit in the Louis van Gaal era, doesn't fit in the Mourinho era. Or, honestly, doesn't feel at Manchester United. The only reason why he fits at Manchester United, and people genuinely like one matter, is his blog posts and that he's a friendly guy, and he's a nice guy. But going down to player performance, it's just not there. Hmm. Again, coming off the bench, keeping really? it very safe, Completing ninety four. <laughs> Rooney, don't get me started. Rooney should have got binned when Moyes came in. Moyes built a team around Rooney instead of RBP, who just went on to they just fired United to win the Premier League. It's there is players here that are still stuck in a way, and you, what United don't have at the moment is, is players that look confident in wide positions. I don't know what's happened to Anthony Martial. He's going through something that's, that's definitely not football-related, whatever it is, in terms of the press, because he just doesn't look sharp, doesn't look on it, doesn't look like he's got a got the ability to take someone on. But then maybe it's in terms of the midfield, and it's not they're not getting the ball to these wide players at the correct time. You now, Marcus Rashford, all the, all the good stuff that I've seen him on the wing, didn't suit playing on the wing today. You know, Didn't get the ball enough, wasn't attacking enough, didn't take people on. And I feel that's kind of like the issue with the squad that you know if you've got Henrik Mkhitaryan in there, that gives you some real quality out wide. But without that, you don't have any quality. And if you're playing a system that requires you to play a 4-3-3 and you need two quality wide players or you know multiple wide players to rotate them, you just don't have that. Is Ashley Young still at Manchester United? If you'd said Ashley Young was at Manchester United post four years after Ferguson left, I would have laughed in your face. I would have thought that was hilarious. Antonio Valencia would have been here four years on would have probably laughed in your face as well but Valencia has showed that he's he he has sort of improved in a defensive sense so has a bit has something in the side but then they're just players that don't fit for me at all don't fit this what Jose Mourinho is trying to do but then it is difficult because he's had this he's had to rebuild again I think that's the problem with Manchester United that already you can already see in the media that people have started to criticise Mourinho Already on his back, already on
1: Pogba's back. Well, was that always going to be part of the problem when when you sign someone who is the most expensive player in the world and the most announced player in the world, and you also sign the manager who maybe has um, made enemies in the media? Maybe he's made sort of, you know, he's, he's made a few faux pas more recently. A few people sort of feel almost Emperor's Clothes esque a little bit about him, even though he's had the end result. You know, they've they've looked at some of his ways and not been as convinced. And, I, you know, I do feel a little bit sorry for Mourinho because actually, obviously, he's shown to be a very effective uh, psychologist and tactician and all sorts of things. He's competed against the best consistently. But it does feel as if something's sort of not gone, not gone his way. And, you know, those are results and those are sometimes referees' decisions and stuff like that. But it's also that looking at the structure of the midfield, looking at some of the structures and triangles and squares within that side... They don't stand up and you know Watford took advantage of that, Dave.
0: I think so, yeah. I think that United need to look at what they've got as strengths. I think this is something that Mourinho needs to do, is sit down and look at his squad. Because again, I don't think we've got any... You know, the wide, wide players-wise, Nick Tyrion is a standout that is very effective at the top level. Anthony Martial did it last season, but it's not doing it this year. And apart from that, there is a lot of, a lot of lack of quality there. United have a number of strikers. Rashford, Zlatan... Rooney, if he's even going to be there. Martial is a, is a centre-forward. Memphis Depay would probably be suited to a centre-forward role. So therefore, you've got to play two strikers. You go into midfield, you've got to play a three-man midfield because that's what gets the best out of your, the most expensive player that your club's ever bought. You go to your defence, it's looking a bit shaky in the last few games. You know, Bay um, seems to not be able to play with with Chris Smalling in a way. They look very unsure of themselves, so therefore Blind has to be in there. But then Smalling has to be there and Bay is there. So that's my... You know my feet. at the start of my 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 sort of solution to the problem, Lawrence. So I want to play a front two. I want to play three in midfield and I want to play three at the back. So what formation am I playing? Uh,
1: is this is this like when when the train leaves the station? <laughs> uh, are you uh seven o'clock? You're playing
0: it's seven no, no, o'clock. No, it, it, it's a, it, maybe you know I just just say, you know three five two. I think United should move to. I, yeah, I, I mean, nice yeah, I mean, but then
1: you'd be criticising other shapes on the field. I mean, the, the, point, the point is also with United, Dave, is that there's a lot of players in there that are confidence-based players. And confidence is something that is much harder to gauge because actually a club doesn't want you to know how confident a player is or isn't. Rashford, full, full to the brim of confidence at times. Uh, Rooney, maybe less so. And it, it's almost as if there's, you know, what, what Mourinho brought was elements of belief to this Manchester United side that oh, things are moving in the right direction again. You know, I don't need to move on. I don't need to go somewhere else. I don't need to look for another summer move. But as soon as things fall, the wheels fall off. And again, you know, against City, that was a big result. It maybe it would have helped if you know United had gotten a better result in the City game. Because since then, the belief has not looked in the players either.
0: Yeah, they definitely could be something there that they have lost a lot from from that one game. But again, they are. Footballers and, and Mourinho and themselves should pick themselves up and, you know, attempt to play with a bit of confidence. I think that is kind of inherently some of the issue. But I just think some of the body language you see from some of the players is they just don't, I don't know, don't fancy it in a way. Or don't believe, yeah, like you're saying, don't believe in yourself, which is a, something that you can't really have as a professional footballer. Like, you need, to have, you need to believe in yourself. And if you don't, then you're gone. But we've seen that with, you know, someone like Memphis Depay, whose confidence is just completely poster. shot. Yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. that's my team talk, done. You don't, if, if you, if, you've got to believe in yourself, and if you don't believe in yourself, you're gone.
0: Exactly, you're out.
1: Now, Dave, to complete... I mean, is that Manchester United analysis ever... What did Watford do well, Dave?
0: Um, I think that, you know, their system, they played that very well. They played, they played their 3-5-2 extremely well. The three centre-backs um, weren't exposed. I think That was one of the big things for me, that United played a 4-3-3, which exposes a back three if you pull them wide. Rushford Rashford had, you know, he had his fullback stood up maybe three times. No, sorry, the outside centre-back stood up three times. And he went at him once. The other times he was crossing from a deep area and it was just, I don't know, it was like the wrong thing to do. And, you know, what else you do if you want to overload a 3-5-2 with a, with a 4-3-3 is you make sure that you overlap with your fullbacks. You pull them wide with the winger and you overlap with your fullbacks because that's a 2v1 out wide, which opened, which either... Watford have to pull a central midfielder over, or they have to pull a centre back over, which again opens up space in the middle. Bang. That's what you do. That's your game plan for a 4 3 3 versus a 3 5 2. But United didn't do that. Watford played very well. They 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 rotated their back three to back five to back four very well, depending on where United were attacking down. Uh, you know, as I mentioned before, Kapué was very good. I was very impressed with their, their midfield, Kapué, Barami, and um, Perea. They, they were very good. D worked hard. Agala was taken up some interesting positions, but. Ultimately, not that good. Very sort of left-sided. Um, you know, it looked like it was a direct instruction to, to drift over there, uh, but it just, yeah, just they were very good defensively. I think that was it. Yeah, three centre-backs, excellent. Played the system perfectly.
1: To completely contrast that, Dave, go across Manchester as every other podcast we were doing, um, where they won f- four, four. Was it four nil against West Brom? Uh, uh, four one. one no, for for no. One. Yeah, four no four sorry four, nil. four nil. Yeah, you thought four it nil. was one and in in many ways Bournemouth did uh, wait, uh, uh, uh sort of uh, they deserved the goal according to Pep Guardiola at least who said he's the best they're the best team system wise that they've played that man City have played this season very nice pep um really putting the boot in isn't he even though united have not even yeah. lost oh, by then, he knew he knew they were going to lose by then um and then, of course, Dave, you know that that system at, at City is just ripping other teams apart.
0: Yeah, you'd, you'd say so. You know, in terms of the balance, obviously, I think it's it's quite good in the way that David Silva. Is good. So, they can try to midfielder Fernandinho, Gunduan, and uh, Kevin De Bruyne are slightly ahead. Um, that makes a lot of sense for me in those, those players, and it does unlock City further. I really do like their did like the sorry the you know the three eight in quotation mark, but in a way, if they want to be really competitive at that top level, maybe that concept is a little bit too tactically fluid for you know winning the Champions League in a way, or you know going forward and, and smashing the Premier League. Up. But if you look at De Bruyne, where where De Bruyne is dangerous, he'll just assure you. And again, that sort of freer role, drifting to the left, drifting to the right, I think that was the interesting thing with his pass map. His map is that he was pulling into those wide areas, and that's where De Bruyne is best at. And you know, took his, they you know, scored a goal, created chances. It was just classic. Kevin De Bruyne I think we'll look at Ryan Sterling again as a player a emergency, you know, getting a goal and, and getting an assist uh, just really confident again uh, so, so confident for uh, Manchester City I think it's one of those things where you know you, you give these young players confidence like we're sort of talking with Man United Sterling the prime example of a player that was so awful last season so this season completed 10 of his 12 dribbles against Bournemouth was just you know completely playing uh, playing a mockery of, of the Bournemouth back four again it is a Bournemouth team that has come under early door criticism for its lack of quality, and I, I would sort of you know, agree with that massively. Uh, obviously, Jack Wilshire making his team, um, kept it very safe, but didn't really do enough. Um, you know, going off around 70 odd minutes. It's just one of the, again, is Jack Wilshire going to take this Bournemouth team to a level where they will stay up in the Premier? League? For me, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it's enough, really
1: don't quite understand what's going on with Jack Wilshere at the moment. Um, There are certain things. You sort of want to say, oh, good things are happening with Jack. But he hasn't had great performances so far for Bournemouth. Um, And, you know, some of his frustration looks as if it's coming out there. Uh, City, on the other hand, obviously, fantastic. I I feel a little bit underwhelmed by uh, Pep Guardiola's post-match comments very often. He sort of... He says things, and you'd be like, "Oh, come on!" Uh, like, you know, Bournemouth <laughs> are the best team we played ever. So I get that, but it's also he's a bit. He sounds like a bit of a football purist. I get, you know, in this, and I, yeah. I have no problem with that. But I also sort of feel a bit like um, there's an, a certain sense of entitlement there, almost that you know, you you got the opportunity to play City, and you didn't make the most of it. You know, I get the feeling he wants <laughs> a challenge. I get the feeling he wants a tactical challenge from someone. You know, and so far he's not had that.
0: Um, no, but, I don't think he has. Yeah. I think that's why when Man United do play a 5-4-1 against Manchester City in the uh, derby away from home, that he'll have a real challenge to break down Mourinho's two solid banks of defenders.
1: Yeah, but then, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see about that, won't we? Uh, yeah. Uh, one of, or at least two of the managers who are going to be looking to take on uh, City this season are Antonio Conte and Jurgen Klopp. Those guys met on Friday night, which is where we stood should have started this podcast, with a wonder goal and an almost goal at thirty one passes for Liverpool, um they' some really good stats on both these sides and and actually Chelsea really came into their own in the second half, making it a, an even more watchable game um Liverpool sort of dominated for the first thirty minutes, and then just as Chelsea were coming into the game, bang, Jordan Henderson
0: yeah, I think that was a a goal of real quality like you mentioned before, and a goal that really killed it you no. Know, very much coming out from absolutely nothing you know the Liverpool attacking ball breaking and them just curling one in the into the top corner i think it's it's quite good to see a player again that was that has been criticised by football fans and some liverpool fans um, but it's already yeah, sort of I, I think in the there are more questions over it really,
1: yeah there are questions yeah, here,
0: maybe, maybe questions in terms of his role in this liverpool side so he playing defensive midfield or rotating that with. Uh, he's Georgie. a six, is what Klopp says,
1: and the reason he's playing six is because Emery Chan isn't available, um, and it, so therefore this the shape is what he sort of favours at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's it's a good shape, and I think when um, when he does come back, I think we will see a better side Emery Chan, I'm talking about. I think from what what he what he turned into on the clock, no, being that def- defensive midfielder in quotation marks trying to answer this Liverpool hole yeah, in midfield, in defensive midfield. They have a lot of box-to-box-esque players, but, you know, they needed that uh, type of guy. But I think with Liverpool, I think the thing you've got to look at is the two centre-backs and now they've made a, made a pretty decent pairing together, Joel Mat- Matip and um, Lovren, who, who did score that goal. I thought that goal was quite interesting, the Lovren goal. Obviously, Chelsea defend zonal um, from set-pieces. Um, you know, Especially the ones in the wide areas and, and from, from corners, but they didn't really adapt to the second phase of the move. And then what you have like a six on one at the back post, mm. um, which obviously Lovren sort of came in and, and, and slotted away. But yeah, I think Matip and, and Lovren have really showed that they are, uh, you know, they're, they're really building something together. Um, Matip very dominant in the air in the game, 100% of his aerial, duels and, and Lovren. Also, also very
1: dominant on the. I the think both, yeah, both of them very dominant on the floor as well, sort of picking up the ball and then distributing it to an easy out, essentially.
0: Yeah, you know, they won six tackles together, um, which is pretty decent for centre-backs. You know, you expect them to win two or or one tackles. It's not one of those things that they do a lot, centre-backs. They intercept, they clear. But that, you know, that does sort of show the the quality of what has happened. But it also shows the resilience for Liverpool. In those last ten minutes, they did really good dug in and, um, you know, fought off attack after attack um, from Chelsea. You know, really going for it at the end of the game. But I think you know they, they stood on. I think this this Conte team still does, still needs to play a back three. Going to say it again, needs to happen. Just feel that players like Pedro, William, William especially, who's had a number of minutes, hasn't had the best of, of season so far. Hazard so hot and cold on the left wing that if you moved Hazard inside with Dio Costa, who again uh, took his goal very well, was was a menace, but not as much of a menace as he oh, can nice. be. Um, yeah, and he could fit in, um, you know, potentially get Fàbregas in there. It's just a. I think a few managers have a number of questions they've got to answer, especially Conte after the last two results.
1: It's also maybe that as football's moving away from one style, we're finding that players are sort of having to adapt to the next. Uh, both Conte and Klopp, obviously, trying to adapt their players. Klopp finding some adaptability, but then that was also part of the reason that Chelsea got their goal, Dave, was that you know he, he wasn't fully able to d- adapt Adam Lallana. And there are times where you see that Adam Lallana is not that deep lineman midfielder or the player from deep that maybe Klopp needs him to be at times. Um, Anyway, anyway, there there are some other holes. There are holes in a lot of managers' size. You're never going to find a completely complete 11, unless, of course, you you work at Barcelona. Um, (laughs) uh, Klopp's still proud of football. football, though. He said, uh, we played football like hell. It was really nice to watch. And then when the journalist sort of pulled this face, he said, you don't understand it? Football like hell? Uh, Very lively, very Mm -hmm. flexible. Uh, we never thought about anything else other than playing our football. And that is partly what uh, everyone's been uh, allu- alluding to at City. Uh, sorry, at Liverpool, uh, is that they are only thinking about the football that they're playing right now. And it seems seems to be doing quite well. Um, Klopp's midfield change. Conte is left for some questions, but didn't seem uh, as if he was all that upset. Sorry, I've got bikes in the background. Um, Liverpool, though, still conceding silly goals. We'll see. And, of course, Liverpool's goalkeeping situation. Will it be resolved? Maybe the mm-hmm. Mignolet era is over. Um, anyway, Jordan Henderson's fantastic strike. Go take a look at it. Uh, Dave, one thing I was going to ask you about the United game that I didn't get to ask, which is this weekend there have been a couple of questionable sort of refereeing pieces. It was about Anthony Martial oh. in his head.
0: And how he No, results. you mean Anthony Martial on the first goal?
1: No, Anthony Martial in his head, Dave, and how he was allowed, uh, and how he was allowed to stay on the pitch, and then sort of woozily limped off.
0: Yeah, that was an interesting, wasn't it? But obviously the medical staff had given given him the okay, but it was a pretty bad head collision. But I don't want to talk about that, Lawrence. I want to talk about the foul that led up to the first Watford goal. Yeah, Dave. I mean, no, no, no.
1: Hole one, Arsenal four. Um, Dave, (laughs) Arsenal could have had more.
0: Well, you know what, Lawrence Martial cleaned through, absolute took him out, nicked the ball, and they scored a goal from it.
1: Good point, Dave. Uh, I mean, Mourinho is alluding to the fact that you know referees have made poor decisions against them. Um, yeah, Matthew, but then it it feels a bit like grasping at straws. Oh, uh, sh- although someone who tweeted us today and said uh, someone tweeted us today, I'll find out who in a little while, and said people are overreacting. Why are people overreacting so much? Uh, and then they didn't, you know, that, that was it really, Dave, Is Don't overreact. Uh, someone, someone else tweeted, uh, 1110 tweeting in, why do United play lethargic football? No tran- transition, speed, poor movement, limited structure, and use technically poor <laughs> midfield players, Rue <root> and <laughs> Fell. Uh, follow up, if uh, Mourinho did flop, which he won't, uh, apparently, uh, who's the best replacement? Wow. Uh, in my Gee, opinion. Saying,
0: has it started already? It's
1: already started, Dave. In, <laughs> oh, my, no. in my IMO... Tuchel, Poch, or Allegri? Wow. Well, Dave, I mean, three great managers there. Which one are United going to go for next to try and fix all these? issues? I, I, I
0: definitely think it's got to be Thomas Tuchel, right? The man for the job. Sack Mourinho tomorrow. Good point, Dave.
1: Great point. Uh, should we? Let's move on a little bit. Oh, uh, by the way, Dave, uh, top of our uh, top of our league, apparently, for the FBL mm-hmm. is uh, Adnan Qureshi, who says. Good old, Adnan Qureshi. Uh, and that's me. Yay. Oh, good. Good old football. Uh, anyway, Dave, let's move on to uh, Arsenal versus Hull on the weekend. Arsenal went away, beat Hull 4-1. But it wasn't always sort of, it wasn't always destined to be like this. Sanchez uh, missed a penalty. Um, you, you know, we, we could have seen uh, Cazorla sent off. Uh, instead, we saw a red card for Hull and we saw Arsenal take a hold of the game.
0: Yeah, the big moments, but Arsenal, you know, after their their week away at PSG, that potentially was um, you know a wake up call. But I think they, you know, they they made the the, the plays at the right time in a way, very sort of un- Arsenal like that we've seen recently. You know, that Theo Walcott goal at one nil was a big big goal, but it was a moment that Arsenal they took. You know, we, we saw against PSG that they took again. They took their chances. They didn't have many chances. They were they got battered in my quotation marks uh, by PSG. But again, they they've really, you know, they pushed on, and I think what was what was good to see. I think it's the the Zaka Kazola combination. You know, something that we did mention uh, last week, to uh, in midweek on our podcast. That is where you know what we want to see in terms of midfield for Arsenal. You know, Zaka scoring an absolute banger of a goal um, from thirty yards. But but overall, having a very you know very good game, uh, controlling the tempo, controlling himself. You know, when he came on, but I think it's you know that Kazola that Zaka could be a real, a real good pairing, real, real good pairing. But again, yeah Santi again running, running the show from deeper as he has done for the what the past two to three seasons. But again, Sanchez, yeah, in in the news to say the least.
1: Yeah, uh, Walcott goal was lovely
0: though, wasn't it, Dave? Very, yeah, very well taken, and something that quite Theo Walcott asked about it. I was, I was on a on a separate. I was watching a video on um, someone had stuck on Reddit this week that was like. Um, Alex Oxley Chamberlains near wonder goals. The amount of time that Oxley Chamberlains hits the bar from like four yards is ridiculous. I know, right? That's I was I have actually thought this recently. Did you see there, are,
1: that? there are a lot of players who sort of. I don't know there were so there are so many. I mean, this is kind of the definition in football: is there are so many nearly men, but it's just that some people, you know, goalkeepers must feel like that all the time. They must feel you know their hand was so close to a ball, and mm. yet they don't get it. Maybe uh, no, maybe Chamberlain's best to stay away from goal. Although, didn't he play in goal once or something like that? I can't...
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Good uh, lad. Yeah, he's had a lot of opportunities like that. Thank you, Reddit. Um, Hull, Dave, uh, who tweeted in? Someone tweeted in basically asking, what do you make of Hull's chances of staying up? Um, Where do we start? Uh, Hull have a, a tiny squad. Huh. And for that reason, mm. it's going to be difficult for them. But Dave, they still they still sit on seven points, which is uh, four points ahead of West Ham, who currently sit in the relegation zone. We'll move on to West Ham in just a second. I know that you're eager to get on with it, Dave. Uh, <laughs> do we, how do we rate Hull's chances of staying? Do we think over the length of a season you just can't have a squad of that size, even though you have the lovely yeah. Phelan, who you know you just want to be your granddad uh,
0: at the head of the team? Yeah, my feelings really organised this side. I think that's what we've seen. Um, you know, the have played pretty pretty big games already. They're playing Arsenal, playing Manchester United, and looking bo- looking good both those games. Looking difficult to break down. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's but all well and good doing that, side. Side.
1: but it's all well and good doing do that. But then, you know, you can only do, there's only so long you can keep that fitness up if there's only so many of you. Did they break that? I can't remember. Yeah. If they 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 set a record. Obviously, they almost I I don't know if they did rotate their squad, rotate their team. But maybe they if they'd have started the same team in this game, they would have set. A record in the Premier League for starting the first five games of the season with the same team.
0: Well, oh, it's pretty incredible, and I think the thing that like you mentioned there is the Jake Livermore um, red card quite big. Yes, you know that that partnership of Livermore and Curtis Davis look very good. Curtis Davis has probably been the best centre back in the Premier League this season. In terms of stats, he's um, absolutely leading the way in interceptions. Is you know intercepted the ball 36 times this season. That's 14 more than any other player. James Collins coming in in second place for West Ham. But I think that partnership of Livermore, Curtis Davis look good. Uh, but without um, Livermore, you've got someone like Harry Maguire coming in who doesn't have the most Premier League experience. Is he good enough? Probably not. But, you know, if there's one man that could teach a, a, a centre-back that had massive promise at the start of his career, Harry uh, Maguire, obviously, coming from Sheffield Wednesday and was touted as... The England's next leading light at centre back. You know, maybe uh, Mike Feeling can be that guy to pull a bit of that potential out and, and put in some good performances. But it's, I think it will be. It's the, the squad is the big issue for me for Holley. It, it's just not big enough, and like injuries, red cards, it's just going to cost them. Unfortunately, who knows, Dave? Maybe they
1: could have got one of their former managers. Uh, sorry, former players. Ah, alleged players. Um, Jimmy Bullard. Uh, he's got his first it's... management job in football. He's going to be manager of Leatherhead it'll be his first role uh, coaching role after he's actually never had a coaching role. Uh, <laughs> um, and the, the chairman of the club, uh, said about the 37 year olds experience, um, who's played for a number of teams, including Wigan, Hull and Fulham before he was blighted by injury. He, I also said three call ups for England, Dave, um, Jimmy has gained a wealth of experience into a variety of management and coaching techniques as a player, mainly because he was sitting behind the manager watching them at that point and has a very clear philosophy. I would love to know what this is in terms of how he wishes his team to play. Um, I don't know. I am I don't know. what. It's just difficult to sort of take that seriously. Uh, Jimmy's first game is on Tuesday when uh, they'll play Leatherhead. will play Folkestone Invicta. Um, that's not Invicta, they're not playing inside a man called Victor, it's in Vic- the team's called Folks and Invicta. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. Do you think he's going to do like sort of motivational weekends away, Dave? Is it going to, is it going to be a bit
0: uh, of a I reckon it'll be like, be like Good with his management, you know, like it's, uh, <laughs> what they call, like fortune tellers to come in and be like, you sir, he would have scored twenty goals this year. Yeah, maybe Ace of Spades. Yeah, Ace
1: of Spades. Uh, let's hope he's not fully like Glenn Hoddle in his management technique, because we all know how that finished. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Jimmy is also available for bar mitzvahs, um, so you can book him through his agent. Lovely guy. Um, anyway, uh, Dave, let's talk about West Ham for just a moment. Uh, they went away to West Brom and lost four two. Uh, are West Ham making the same mistakes that other teams who have sort of taken their progress lightly uh, have hmm. done in the past?
0: Reminds me of a certain Stoke system
1: problem. Well, we'll talk about Stoke in a minute, Dave. Just, uh, uh, you you can line up one manager at a time, please, days. You've got a number please. of bullets in that barrel. <laughs> Just pull the, pull the trigger one by one. Don't line them all up at once. Well, what I'm going to
0: say, Lawrence, is I fucking got it right, all right? <laughs> I'm right, OK? I, know, I am fucking right. I am right. Great. Okay, that's it. That's all the, That's all I'm going to say. But I do think there's a big issue at West Ham with their defensive setup. It's just it's looking too weak at the moment, and I think that's a big thing. You know, West Ham have done so well in the last few seasons, being a defensively sound team. Now they have the flair, but they don't have the defensive uh, capability to cover that up. The, the things, if you're a West Ham fan, not to get too down and dishearted, is Dimitri Payet's back in absolutely flying form, um, and they got Mika Antonio, obviously on the right hand side, that is scoring goals for fun. And Lanzini's back. So they still have that potential going forward. But I think it is they need to get this, you know, whatever it is, whatever this uh, solution to this defensive issue is, maybe even trying someone like Reece Oxford at centre-back. It just seems a bit wrong at the moment for West Ham. Maybe they need to drop to a back three as well. But at the moment, they're just getting absolutely blasted by a team. You know, if Nessa Chadley scores twice against you and Rondon runs a ring round your roundy defence, you know, you've got a little bit of an issue. I mean, yeah, their West Ham, West
1: Ham's defence was all over the place in this game. And, you know, it was, it was easy enough a match of the day even to point that one out. So we know that it must have been fairly obvious. Um, but, I mean, Dave, you know, I mean, it, it also speaks testament to how good a performance it was from West Brom. Because West Brom, you know, the likes of Chadley put in great performances. And for that final goal, when it was really stretched out... I mean, it really. when I say it was stretched out, I mean, there were no players back and therefore Chadley ran <laughs> through onto virtually sure. an open net where really he was able to just run around a goalkeeper. I don't understand what the te- technique or idea was. I mean, I suppose they wanted to draw the game 3-0, so they just pushed a load of people up. But No, because they were 4-0 down, weren't
0: they? They were 4-0 down after 56 minutes. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, in terms of... Uh, I think it's just you got to look at the Robson Carneu factor. You know, a lad that went to the Euros, mm. made himself, turned himself into a superstar. If he's in the dressing room, you're like, wow, that, that guy scored an absolute banger. He, he, de- he destroyed that Belgium defence on his own. Lads, we're going to win today. No, I mean, can you see the the story? I mean, the philosophy of this, Lawrence. Mm, I do. I, do. I mean, surely <laughs> then,
1: surely then, there would be a lot of teams in the Premier League that would do that, Dave. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm just pulling your leg, mate. No, pulling, well, no, I think,
1: leave it alone. My leg's fine, thanks. Um, sorry, mean, mate. Do, I mean, do you think then, what's
0: going on? I mean, you know,
1: West Brom up one week, down the next? Yeah,
0: I think that's it. That's that's what a Tony Pulis team is like. You know, one week it'll come good, um, uh, another week it won't. You know, in terms of the the, the the stuff we judge Pulis on in a way, you know, it's this this is it. It's getting those 50 points and time and time again, we'll criticise and we'll say his team's got no style, um, you, you know. But you can't question his method Sometimes, when he has 36% possession of the ball and, win, and wins 4-2, scores four goals uh, with only six shots on target. You know, this is the thing with Pulis; like, it either goes very right in a game where they'll take their chances, they'll score those goals, they'll defend like heroes, or they'll completely go the other way and they'll capitulate, where they won't, you know, they won't take their chances. They'll have six shots and score no goals, and West Ham win this game 2-0. But I think that is the Pulis factor that 50% of the time he will come out on top but by his methods they aren't the prettiest methods but they kind of work
1: mm. um, and then what was go- who's gonna go first Dave do you think it's gonna be uh, you know what let's talk about Stoke's game first uh, Stoke lost 4-1 to Crystal Palace Dave and at 4-0 Townsend was allowed to cut him from the wing and curl a beautiful shot into the far corner. And everyone's saying, hey, Pards has lit those egos. And there they go. And they will go on a beautiful 10-game streak after this. Yeah. But then that'll it will end it, again. Think... Yep, and that'll be it. And they'll stay up, yeah. <laughs> but just. And then the January is all downhill from there. But is this, is this part of the flimsiness of what Mark Hughes has built?
0: It's quite tough to criticise. Mark Hughes again, like Phillips. Nice he, he did very well last season, but they're uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, just so poor this year. They just don't have the Stoke mentality of being hard to beat, defensively, being sound, uh, playing full centre mass, playing a defensive midfielder that will just eat you and will you know go through brick walls for his managers. It like Stoke have lost of their fight. Wilfred for Bonney, me, looks a little bit disinterested. He really does. Looks he's kind of like ready for retire in a way that it's just not for him anymore. You know, Stokoe have conceded the most goals in the Premier League this season, but some of the goals, you know, the, the two goals were just, they were, they were so unstoked goals to concede. Mm. Two, two, the first two goals that pretty much killed the game were both from set pieces or both, you know, one of them was from uh, a cross, but it was just awful defending. Awful goalkeeping, awful defending, just so unstoke, you know, where was Ryan Shawcross to, to volley it clear, you know, or, you know, one of their old, like, Danny, Danny, um, Higginbottom bottom to 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 smash it into in the into Rome. Box, Dave. You can't
1: you can't just sort of be like, where was John Barnes to finish off that move by Liverpool? It doesn't work like
0: <laughs> that <laughs> But yeah, I think it's it's they've lost their what they you know, what Stoke have built themselves up under Purist to be so good and, and resilient and, and hard. You know, the midfield has no bite, Wheeler and Joe Allen, that's there needs to be some physicality in there and that's why Stoke Stoke was so good and so hard to play against. They always had someone in there. Like, in Zomzi would be in there biting your ankles. But that was good, because that was what Stoke were. It made, and I just it made like you like
1: scared, it, essentially. Yeah,
0: he made you, you know, put you in fear of your life. But again, you've got quite an unbalanced team there. You know, the front four, pretty much Great four podcast. strikers. In, oh. <laughs> the front two, Lawrence, you mean. Uh, Jonathan Walters, Bojan, um, and Naltovic off Bonnie. That is a very much, you know... A, a forward line that isn't going to do much running and isn't going to defend. And if you've got then two very flimsy defensive midfielders that can get, you know, you can get at in a way. Uh, I just think there's, there's a number of issues at Stoke and they are looking very, very ropey at the moment. Yeah, there are a lot of issues at Stoke. Um,
1: however, no issues at Palace, Dave. Palace romp against a poor Stoke. Um, and of course, you know, you're absolutely loving it. Um, but there they are. I mean, you know, look at Palace now, Dave.
0: Oh, yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's so funny what um, what, a, what a signing a, a striker and a target can do for a side like Stoke. Not Stoke, sorry. um Palace. side like Crystal Palace that do uh, cross the ball, do get the ball wide, are very physical, very direct. And then, you know, you've got someone like Ben Taker that you can hit, and then you, you know, and he can hold the ball up, and he can show his, what well, he's showing is his form of. Um, his days when he was at Aston Villa, you know, he's just a target. It's so it's quite simple. But the amount of times that they, they do go long, Palace, uh, in the last few weeks, it, it has worked. And that's where you've got to look at it. It has worked. You now, Wilfred Zaha as well, though, hitting some pretty decent form this season. A player that I'm not a big fan of, but he, he's a very basic winger. A basic winger that will take you on and, um, you know, try and create chances that way. And he's it, a threat on the counter-attack. I think with Ben Benteke as well, there's your platform, then, you know, the runners in behind get involved, You likes of your punchings. You, you, you led Gleesia You Obviously Townsend scoring a really good goal on the break at the end. But, it, yeah, it's, it's, Palace look good. Palace look very good. No team that I tipped for relegation, but that was pre-Benteke signing. And I did say if Benteke was coming, they'd be absolutely fine.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care.
0: Uh, Dave, let's pause for a
1: moment. Uh, Did you did you play Fanjul this weekend?
0: Please, yes, yes, good. Um,
1: Did you? How how did it go, Dave? Who's your best performer this weekend? Because there were some good performers in. I mean, NASA Chadley got a lot of points.
0: Yeah, I think there's. um, You know, there's. I had to have a look here, Lawrence. So it wasn't as successful as my last time. uh, I've got to admit. No, you were very good last time. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you can't so. be great all the time, Lawrence, and that's mm-hmm. the problem. I think Dimitri Payet was my mm-hmm. best performer, actually. Uh, 33.5 po- points, obviously, getting the two assists, but all around having a good game. Um, my issue, I, I went for the City defence, um, which obviously did pay off, but John Stones came off, off after, what, 30 odd minutes, so that obviously cost me. I had Ben Teke, obviously, we mentioned before, had a very good game, but not in terms of the goal scoring and, and fantasy point scoring um, mm-hmm. system, you know, hitting. Hitting him early, but he didn't. He didn't get the goal to, to push me through for Mezzet again. Good, but not great. So yeah, it wasn't the best week for me in, in Fanjul terms. But remember to make. Let us know your Fanjul team. Let us know your Fanjul team. And of course, if you're not already signed up for Fanjul, go
1: over to Fanjul and take a look at the offers that they have. If you type in the code I am the whole, all in capitals, H O L E, you will get a great offer from us, which I think. It, it, it's a really good, offer. let's put it this way, uh, you know, if you, I think it, uh, it gets, it gets you uh, money returned to you if you don't win on your first bet. Uh, I think that's up to 400 pounds. Um, and it also allows you to do even better things uh, within the game. So go and take, take a look. I'd love to know what you guys have been doing over there, who you've been picking for your teams. Uh, Dave, if you could say someone to pick, who would you, who's been a great pick for you? Um, ooh, great pick great
0: question in terms, Thanks, of, in terms of in terms of Prem um, it's got to be I Prem think, Dave yeah I think you've got to look at someone like Kevin De Bruyne or Ryan Sterling both been on fire um, in the last few weeks especially Kevin De Bruyne because he's the you know, he's the type of guy that's going to get all the points for you, you know your interceptions your fouls drawn your chances created your goals your passes and so forth and your shots on targets so Here, yeah, I'd say Kevin De Bruyne tip for next week Excellent. simple tip but an effective tip
1: go and put in the promo code you'll find out what you guys get over there and of course uh, if you go and use our promo code then you make us look great to Fanjul you know because you know uh, yeah it's, it's it's just the way it is Fanjul's bloody great uh, it's only available in the UK though uh, and for those over 18 so sorry 8 year olds that listen to this uh, you know you need to not play um, please if you do play play responsibly terms apply see Fanjul for even more details uh, but go over there I am the whole it's a really good offer guys uh, and Dave you were saying this the other day the reason you enjoy these sorts of games is because you know you, they get more and more detailed every year and Fanjul is probably one of the better more detailed games isn't it?
0: Yeah I think it awards um, more than just the goal scorers and the assisters in yeah. a way it, you know it does award yeah, yeah, your midfielders yeah. that's going to retain the ball and so forth so yeah I'm a big fan of the game
1: yeah massive fan of the game and if Dave's a big fan of the game you will
0: also. You've got to be a fan of the game.
1: Dave, you're also a big fan of Bundesliga. Um, so let's take a little tripping down memory lane in, uh, for the weekend. <laughs> and Vocken Ender. The Ender. Uh, yeah. Uh, and first of all, let's talk about Bayern against F. Wait, oh, uh, FC. F. Oh. F. F. Ingolstadt, Dave. Um, <laughs> they, they won 3 1.
0: F C Ingolstadt, no Bayern. Um, you know they they struggled in the first half. Uh, they went into the break one uh, all. Um, Lewandowski playing very well, and then Ribery I think was another standout performer for for Bayern München. Um But I think they will. You know they, they are looking very good. My prediction of Dortmund top isn't looking too great right now in terms of Bayern's. Early season form and um, Ancelotti really proving me wrong that I am an idiot and I don't know anything what I'm talking about. But I do think this this buying team has really evolved. Prove um, me wrong,
1: Carlo. Prove, prove me, me wrong. wrong, Carlo.
0: Well, to be honest, right? If there's anyone to prove me wrong, it's got to be Carlo because he's a nice guy, right? Yeah. Raise that. Eye he guy. likes pasta. He's a nice guy, but I think you know Lewandowski this season flying, absolutely flying, and I think they they found a bit more. Um, you know, it's something different in midfield. Um, you know, Renato Sanchez playing with um, Vidal ahead of Chavi Alonso, and it, you know it was, it was a very good performance from from their midfield as a whole. You know, they, they worked the ball very well. Kimmich again playing another position. Um, you know, we, we had I had criticism last week for saying Kimmich was a uh, wasn't. A, no, I said he was a, a right back, and now he's playing centre back. Lawrence, is there anything Kimmich can't do for you?
1: For me, uh, I'm going to say play on a wet Wednesday night at Stoke. Although Stoke are less of a, a challenge now. So maybe <laughs> you can play on a wet Wednesday night at Stoke. Maybe you've got to pick, pick a new team now for a wet Wednesday night. I mean, where would you not want to go on a wet Wednesday night? Maybe Everton. I wouldn't want to go to Everton on a wet Wednesday night.
0: I'll tell you what Vicarage Road with Troy Deeney and the boys. Oh, yeah, good point.
1: That, yeah, that, that looks like a tough one. Although you'd imagine that most top-class teams in the Premier League would be able yeah, to that one
0: exactly. Off, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, know, City, Liverpool... Simple
1: yeah. in it? Moving on, um, yeah. Moving on. Uh, Dortmund six. S.V. Da- Dart uh, Damstrat. No, 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 no. no, no, no three three, nine. No, three. No, no. Sorry. Six. Uh, six. Six. Zero. Uh, uh, for Dortmund is embarrassing at this point. Uh, anyway, Dave, it was six nil. Pulisic.
0: Yeah, pulisic really exploding. Um, you know, going from Not having the most touches um, in the opponent's penalty area in midweek in the Champions League of all Champions clubs and players—to wow. um, again massively performing against Darmstadt. You know, Dortmund really did bowl over Darmstadt. Um, you know, Ramos leading the line, but it, you know, behind uh, you know a number of very, very devastating attackers, Pulisic being one, get scoring, getting two assists. who Dembele? Looked very, 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 very good again. Um, Castro has, has been joining the attack and also looking pretty well. So this Dortmund team, they obviously they had that banana skin last week or the week before, but I do feel that they are now hitting Thomas Tuchel form of last season, where the first like first court first half of the season last year Dortmund were irresistible, and it feels like that is finally hitting a bit of form again. You know, they just look so fluid in attack, um, so fluid uh, in a defensive sense. Obviously didn't have to do much defending against Darmstadt, um, and shout out to Passlack a player that's um, come through this season from the the Dortmund um, Academy. Um, Really, really good performance again from him uh, on that right-hand side. Just, again, another young uh, German player that looks destined for for stardom, whether he plays right back, um, right wing, whichever. He just looks like a real talent. And he came to my attention last season. For some reason, I was watching the German Cup under-18 final, and he was just awesome. In what way? Just his um, his ability to drive, his ability to create on that right hand side. I think eventually he will be a right back, but uh, you know playing further forward at the moment uh, is is fine and, and will work. But in terms of uh, tackling, very good in the tackle. Just very like a smart, intelligent footballer in a way. Mm. You know, maybe you could see him as the heir to, to Philip Larms' throne.
1: Good, and I like a good throne. Um, Dave Gladbach also won four one. Uh, against Werder Bremen. Uh, but Gladbach are sort of... They're a bit of a... I don't know. They're a bit of a... They're a bit of a darling, aren't they, really,
0: Dave? Yeah, they do play a very, very nice style of football. Um, and it's just... Again, they've, they have had their banana skin again, but they, you know, beaten by City very comfortably. But they, they showed Werder Bremen who's boss. But Werder Bremen aren't too good this season. To be quite honest, they are expected to probably fall uh, and drop down. But Torgan Hazard, again... Um, the star of the show, really, for, for Gladbach, for me. Um, scored two pretty decent goals, hit the post, could have, you know, arguably got a hat-trick. Um, but his partnership with Raphael up top um, in their 3-4-1-2 is looking looking really hot this season. And, um, you yeah, know, they can go out there and really test out some, some German teams this year. I'd also like to give a big shout-out to the boys Red Bull Leipzig, um, picking up a, a 4-0 win away at Hamburg. Uh, Timo Werner absolutely stealing the show uh, scored twice, won a penalty it was just an all round really good performance what I, what I love about Timo Werner is his work rate he's so hard working that's why he fits in so well at this Red Bull Leipzig side because they are a very high pressing unit um, but he's very very good at pressurising running the channels, uh, very good in the transition but again a very a very good performance from the young German international, another young German international that we're talking about, Jesus, how many are there?
1: Uh, um, 10 Oh sorry, I probably I probably underestimated there. Uh fifteen. Uh no wait, no more. Probably. Um anyway, never mind. Um anyway, uh yeah, let's move on, shall we Dave? Uh to actually let's go to another foreign league. A little bit of La Liga first, Dave. Uh sad got beaten five one by Barcelona. <laughs> um name Musico might be awful and his lyrics might be to play soccer, all I need is audacity happiness. And to be with friends, that's all. That's so lovely. Um it, that is actually really that's a lovely lyric he's a terrible singer uh but it turns out dave he's a great footballer
0: yeah a pretty decent footballer you know coming off the back of his uh i'm trying to think of the word it's not trick. what's what's four of them lawrence quadric God, a quadric a quadric of assists uh midweek but again barcelona changed their shape uh, and quite interesting went to a, a 3-4-3 um, which we haven't seen since the the days of Pep Guardiola you'd say that they've that come back But Barcelona again put absolutely ridiculous Messi Suarez Neymar what more can you say about them that they, they just they just they just do goals that's all they do it's just they score goals but again you know they were opened up with this shape and credit to Luis Enrique for changing it um, mixing it up again but they looked very good on the counter attack they you know they did catch sad um high up the pitch on a number of occasions um, but, yeah, it's it's good for Barcelona. It's looking very, very good. And it's looking like they are on fire right now, to put it that way. Interesting.
1: Hmm. But, yeah, uh, obviously Real Madrid won 2-0. Right? Did that game finished too? I think it is.
0: Yeah, I think it we're still playing when we started recording, Lawrence. Yeah,
1: it was 2-0 at time of recording. And Atletico Madrid 5-0 against Sporting.
0: Hee-haw! Atletico mm. finally finding a bit of balance, eh? Um, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, Barrow, um, yeah, no, no. But what, what I mean in terms of that is, the you know, that the, the the selection of players and, and so forth. You know, they, they sort of went as a a four four two, but a four four two that, in a way, was an aggressive four four two. un um, Atletico Madrid four four two, in where they played natural wingers, you know, Gaetan and Carrasco on either flank. Um, and then obviously Griezmann and Grimera up front. So it did look like a, you know, how I was talking about the fluidity of their side and the flexibility of their side. But I was so excited about the signings. It's all, this is finally where it's come up now. Koke and Saul in the middle, flanked by two wingers and two actual, like, you no, know, uh, second striker and a striker up front with a lot of pace. You know, they are going to catch a lot of teams out uh, when they start hitting their, their fluid best. But they, you know, they did look very good. Uh, Koke was uh, pretty inspirational um, in the center of the park, you know, Griezmann getting back to scoring ways and obviously Gromero. So yeah, Fernando Torres, a little cameo at the end, which is always nice.
1: Yeah, it is lovely. Um, we, we love a bit of Torres on this podcast and we love a cameo. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, Inter also on two, we're, sorry, we're going to go to Serie a now, uh, just across the Mediterranean, Inter one, two, one, uh, at home to Juventus. Jeez, that's good. Uh, Lazio won 3-0 against Pressure, uh, Sorry, P- Pescara. Um, and Napoli won 3-1 against Bologna, um, making the Italian table look very interesting, actually, Dave, because Napoli now sit top ahead of Juventus.
0: Yeah, but that, that did happen last season as well, Lawrence. so don't... You know, count count all your chickens before they hatch, mate. But no know Cali is looking very good this season, and his uh, link-up play with insignia has been pretty dominant. You know, they've scored. The, it looks like they've scored the same goal a few times. You know, the ball out from left-hand side to the right, simple sort of finish, tap in. But the, another interesting game I found the the Fiorentina uh, Roma game. You know, finished Fiorentina one Roma you nil. Know, there's there's a lot of expectation on this Roma side. You know, they have a very good manager um, there now. Um, with Spalletti coming back, but again, they just there's something very Roma about that in a way where they they're so, they're so close to being good. They keep on there's a few banana skins here and there that's stopping them get to that top level. But you know, Fazio is still playing for them, so you've know, got to watch out there, right? Yeah. Dodgy, dodgy,
1: dodgy. Uh, we'll go quickly uh, to league, or league one, as we should probably call it. Um, PSG won six nil on Friday night. Dave Cavani.
0: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I hate I mean, him I'm, so much. Dave, Dave, I'm, I, as in, as in, I, I like I like Cavani. I really like Cavani, yeah. but it's so hard to defend him sometimes because I think he, well, yeah, but I mean, he did score natural, four on Friday, night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and should have scored six on Wednesday night on Tuesday night, right? A good point. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's so things, frustrating. You? Yeah, I did, and that's a very good video. Go and check out the front three on YouTube right now. But again, I think you know, there's a different a different side that that met Arsenal, you know, a little bit more attacking intent there, starting Lucas and Angel Di Maria, but Yacovani, just so frustrating. Why couldn't he do that when the cameras were on him? Um, But I think Krovac's um, sort of position in this side is absolutely crucial. He's finally been brought in. Started against Arsenal was awesome. Started against Con was awesome. So I think, you know, they will push on. But I'd like to get, again, a shout out to another team. That's Monaco. Picking up a 3 0 win against Rams and um, still leading the see, uh, league uh, table. Uh, we want to see a goal. Um, Thomas uh, Lima, who scored against uh, Thomas Lima, sorry, who scored against Tottenham, scored an absolute banger uh, against Rennes. The last goal, I think, it was from about thirty yards, a, a brilliant goal. And I think Falcao first goal back at Monaco. Lovely little header. Nice. That's... Looking good for them.
1: Yeah, a lot of things are looking very good for uh, Monaco right now, having gotten that win, obviously. Uh, Dave, let's talk about the little set of teams that are sort of clumped up, if you like. Um, the guys who, I don't know, you, you sort of want to, how can I put this? You want them to do well, and therefore you put them in this, hey, you can do well sort of area. Um, it's Let's start with uh, Spurs on this one. Dave, Spurs got the uh, home win to Sunderland, just 1-0. Kane
0: got the goal. Yeah, Kane did get the goal, but more, you know, the worse—the worst news for Tottenham fans as he was uh, off on a stretch over there. yeah very nasty looking was it ankle injury? It was. Yeah, um, it, it was. It was
1: a, his ankle was at quite an angle. It was an, an it was an yeah. ankle.
0: It was an ank ankle. <laughs> Angled angle. Yeah, ankle. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But no, he took his goal very well. But I think this this Sunderland team is very very poor. I don't know how long. <laughs> good old Dee Moyes is going to last. But I think what was quite interesting was how powerful that Sunderland midfield, or the Sunderland, sorry, the Tottenham midfield, the Dembele, Wanyama, Shizoko. That has got some serious power and belly in it. But I think that could give them some quite good um, blend. against Son uh, played quite well for me. Um, But again, yeah, Kane out is is a big, big worry. Uh, It's sort of this time now to see whether um, Jansen is good enough at the end of the day. It's it's whether he can step up and... uh, Score the goals.
1: Yeah. uh, Also, uh, uh, sorry, obviously Sunderland uh, lacking goals there. They did play Jermaine Defoe today. A lot of Tottenham fans saying they would like to see Jermaine Defoe score, ironically. Um, And then obviously Spurs lacked uh, Rose or their Rose, if you like. Um, Yeah. Dave, Southampton also won 1-0 against Swansea.
0: Yeah, Charlie Austin back in the goals, back in the headlines. I think well, um, Paul's been been trying at Southampton. For me, he's been been good. They've been very proactive, but they haven't got, the, they haven't got that result. No, they got the result last week um, and they got the result this week as well. So, again, if they can get Charlie Austin scoring, we know what he can do in the Premier League. He's a very basic striker, but he's a goal scorer. That's all he is. But Southampton lacked that in the first few weeks as they lacked that. Person to, to you know to put the ball in the back of the net and if they they they've sort of stumbled in it way with, with Charlie Austin you know who's playing in the reserves at the start of the season but it's come back and looked good you know it gives them a threat in the penalty area they've been creating chances but they haven't been taking them like I just mentioned before but you know Charlie Austin is that man you know very very alive for their goal um, a top finish as well so yeah it's, for Southampton I think it's the only way is up baby
1: hmm good uh, Dave should we also cover whilst we're here Dave uh, Everton we always cover Everton a little bit later. Uh, but they won 3 1 against Middlesbrough.
0: Yeah, and again, I've got a I've been proved wrong again. The great man. Ronald kuman saving the day again. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you know, credit to Koeman. he's he's really um tightened up this Everton defence and, and turned them into a, a good unit, Lukaku again on the score sheet. Um he obviously is crucial to this Everton side, a real real threat through the middle. Um but I quite like the you know that he seems like uh sort of stumbling on the right sort of forwards to play Balassi and Ramirez uh, Morales sorry uh, look very very good together uh, Morales apparently lost um 6 kilos or 8 kilos in in the summer um so it does look a lot sharper but uh you know Jesse Gayan as well a player that have championed for season after for about a year and a bit is finally coming true. one more tackles and in the play in the premier league He's really taking Angulo conte on at his own game tackling
1: mm. Dave, should we... Yeah, I mean, good point. Leicester City won 3-0 against Burnley, Dave. Uh, Ranieri's boys fantastic.
0: Yeah, I think the, the signing of um, Soleimani is really a good signing. A, a very different striker to what they had last season. An actual target man. Um, and obviously, Vardy hasn't looked as sharp as he was last season. is not taken his chances. Um, but Soleimani is taking his goals very well. Uh, very, very impressed with, with his work. So far in the Premier League, could be a very good option for both your fan jewel team, good day, but also your FPL team. Mm. You know, I think it could be a in terms of uh, fan jewel could be very good value um, so far. But it, you know, fantasy football is I think he's eight point five in FPL. So again, but it could be a good option. I think he'll be the one that'll be scoring Leicester's goals for the coming weeks. Interesting point. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, w- what about that uh, Slimani though, Dave? What what is it? And you know, obviously, you can hook up with the likes of Mares. Mares continues to be sort of good, but now he seems to sort of go under the radar.
0: Yeah, I think because uh, you know the, the start of season hype died down with him in a way, and it's sort of like Dimitri Payet that was out injured at the start that people are forgetting that he's there. But Payet obviously exploding, and he's the top position from the Premier League again. But Mares, you know, the Champions League absolutely stole the show midweek. So. Again, it's it's going to be difficult for these Leicester players to keep that level. Tuesday, uh, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday. You know what I mean? It's going to they're going to have to pull some out themselves. But do you know? Do expect some of the players to drop a little bit of a level come the weekend? Mm. Yes. Mm. Mm. Weekends,
1: uh, Dave. Any other notes on the weekend's football? Anything you sort of
0: watched or enjoyed?
1: Because we've covered quite a
0: lot here. I just got a bit upset, really, to be honest, Lawrence. Why? Man United being rubbish right just upset me it hurt me brought a tear to my eye ruined my weekend no, I didn't really that's a load of light but no it was just a very frustrating performance from Manchester United and again they need to excel but you know Red Bull Leipzig was my highlight mm. don't check it out if you know what watched it brilliant performance in the second half yeah that's that that's life right Lawrence yeah yeah. Welcome to life. Uh, guys, let us know
1: about your weekend. I'm, just, I'm going to go through a couple of other tweets now that we received just to make sure we haven't missed anything from the whole. Um, Dave, uh, are Everton benefiting from a combination of Martinez's attacking play and the fresh defensive solidity Ooh. solidarity is what he's saying, but I think he means solidity from kuman Dave, is that worrying for Everton in that uh, you can only really have that for one season because we all know Maybe. that managers are wiped clean of a slate
0: when they get into their they second are. season. Interesting. Now this could be, that. I'm going to have to start I have to write my second thesis on this. <laughs> is it yeah, How is attacking it, is, managers.
1: Yeah. How does that? Yeah. Mean?
0: Is it? Also, I can't think of the what? I can't think of the mathematical word right now. But like when it, the effect is of both ways. <laughs> yes. Sorry. It's equal. It's not Total equilibrium. Shit. It's sort
1: of par, parallel effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a paradox. Yeah. It's effect paradox. Um. Although Jamie <laughs> Carragher did say it very well the other day. He sort of said, you know, you don't have to be, um, sort of. Not solid. You'd have to be sort of defensively open in order to be good attacking wise. Um, Dave, uh, someone's asking here, which is a little bit weird. Uh, why is Dave so critical of Henderson in defensive midfield, but loves Fellaini there?
0: Do you watch again Fellaini? Let's just give him a shout out. Fellaini was brilliant in defensive midfield, barring that silly foot that he put in when the game was already lost and and won and you know gave away the penalty. Fellaini had another really good game. Really bossed it in central midfield. Um, you know played 66 passes completed 64% of them you know the complete opposite to Paul Pogba won 5 out of his 7 tackles um, you know an interception but where he was really good was the defense, when he was uh, defending areas airily again sitting in front of that back four and just cleaning everything up there but also dealing with crosses uh, dealing with wide set pieces and dealing with throw-ins stop hating Marouane Flaney and learn to love Marouane
1: hmm
0: hmm yes um
1: yeah, I'm trying to look for some other good tweets. Uh, where can I listen, where can I listen to the podcast on Android? You won't be able to hear this answer. Um, does Dave <laughs> still think United will win the league, given that he said so if they sign? Yeah, cover?
0: of course. You've always got to go down with your ship, right? Uh,
1: you said ship. Uh, Troy Deeney should be in the England squad, apparently. According, to yeah, Eddie. If,
0: What did I, What did I say? Pre Euros,
1: Dave. Uh, yeah, good point, Dave. Are the new FIFA ratings fair?
0: Um yes. No, maybe.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I feel like they sort of level out. <laughs> yeah. yeah ratings
0: are ratings, aren't they? They're uh, never gonna be
1: perfect, unfortunately. Will the narrative now switch back to Mourinho's big failure last season that the uh, conspicuously uh, that was conspicuously absent from his United appointment, that is a good point. Uh, I think that's uh, to you, Lawrence, right? That is a perfect Lawrence McKenna. It's difficult to judge the media at this point, especially on a Sunday night. Uh, They sort of tip one way or the other. But a lot of people, like Dave and I have said on this podcast, are not uh, favouring Mourinho right now. Uh, Dave, which club should start trying to persuade Simeone to join Mm -hmm. in two years' time? That is a really, really good question. I was going to say, I put it out there. Manchester United, yeah. The the
0: wheels have come off, haven't they, Lawrence? Mourinho's getting sacked. Yeah, but Dave, what
1: do you do for the next two? Moyes.
0: Yes, bring old back, Davey. Bring back the glory days—the 5 0 win against Bayer Leverkusen. I always remember that night, boys. Thank you. The
1: glory days. The session.
0: glory days.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly, Lawrence. Exactly. Yes. That's what I want to see anyway.
1: Anyway, um, since Umtiti showing showing, uh, since Umtiti showing, he's the future of Barca. Will uh, would Sule uh, from Hoffenheim be
0: his best partner for the future, Dave? Hmm. It's an interesting one. Um, But yeah, I think um, Mttiti, wonderful ball player. Uh, Suley, more of a, you know, a a little bit more of a a tall, aggressive, but a very technically good defender in terms of reading the play. Could be a very good option. Could be a good option, but I quite like the fella, Leverkusen, the other German lad, but his name is, I've lost his name. Let me find his name, Lawrence. Give me two ticks. Yeah, you find
1: him and tick away. I'm going to quickly answer Carlos's uh, question in that time and it's a great question from Carlos. Uh, Is that Carlos uh, Kediva? Uh, Yes. Uh, He says, if football was like American football, uh, where there's a player for uh, field goals, uh, a la set pieces, how long would players like David Beckham play? Um, (laughs) That's very Mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, Yeah, wouldn't that be cool if you could sort of sub on Beckham just for those? I wonder if he'd still be crossing the ball now. Um, Probably. You know what? They're probably playing until about 40, 45. But Beckham had to have some serious injections in his leg, even when he... was it Real Madrid to avoid the pains Just so he could play um, really? So, f- Yeah, I felt a little bit sorry for him And apparently there's a lot of players out there Who suffer through similar pain um, Good questions When the front three have posted two tracks A uh, track in two weeks And you don't know what to do with your life uh, Kenny, I'm really sorry But we've stopped using SoundCloud um, Which no! summer transfers do you think have, them, have already had the most impact? That one comes from Alex Boltwood um, the parallel universe of what Adam Boltwood could have been if he was more successful. <laughs> I actually did speak to Boltwood earlier tonight. He's just arrived in <laughs> Colombia uh, and he's having a lovely time, despite sort of, you know, a number of things happening that were very close to making a plane go down et cetera, et cetera. Um, and personal
0: attacks on the podcast from you. Well, I think the best signing of the summer. In a way. Who Who is it for you, Lawrence? I think Adrissi-Gayen uh, is definitely up there in terms of Premier League signings. Gayen is a good
1: one. I think one. Uh, Mane is a good one. Mane is a good
0: one. He's not at the impact that maybe
1: some other people want him to have had. I still I, I feel like Pogba gets a bit of a rough uh, ride. Oh, he does, yeah. Too um, right. Because he's been asked to do a lot of things
0: in there. Um, yeah. Uh, the player that should go to Barcelona... Instead of uh, Suli, it should be Jonathan Tarr. He's very, very impressive. Leverkusen, centre-back legend. Hmm. He's only 20 years old, though, so he's not a really legend yet. Sorry.
1: tough for that, Dave. Uh, <laughs> ooh, what the F is wrong with United? I think we've already answered that one. Top four predictions now with five games in. We'll do that at 10 games. Is De Boyne the best player in the league? Yes. Um, favourite goal of the season so far? Don't be biased about Henderson's goal either. Henderson's goal was a good goal. Uh, Dave, favourite goal of the season so far?
0: Uh, Griezmann's got a very, very, very good goal of the weekend. Um, against Sporting He-Haw. Uh the second goal, a lovely uh, driving run and uh, finish into the, the pretty much the top corner. I really like that goal, really good goal. Um, and obviously the the, the Bernardo silver goal I scored saw live at Wembley was brilliant. They're my two favourite. Oh yeah, you baby. Uh,
1: Sandy says, oh yeah, baby, can't wait. Uh, Dave, I like all the goals. Uh, maybe Jabby Alonso's long-distance one. Sorry, can you hear that? Yeah, that's what happens when your are flat... Can you actually hear that, Dave? Yeah, I can hear that. That's what happens when your flatmate um, does something weird at 11 o'clock at what's night. He, what's he doing? Is he making a smoothie
0: for I you? Think, that's
1: nice. I, I don't want to go out, and I don't really want to find out. I am just find it a little bit weird. Uh, Is it sanding something? I can't tell. Either way, it's highly unusual uh, to be doing that Ooh. at 11 o'clock at night. Do you know what I mean?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, you should probably stick to, like, you know, maybe one in the afternoon.
1: What are they smoking over there, like John Henry said? Uh, anyway, it's been good to have you guys on the podcast tonight. Uh, these podcasts always run over now, Boltwood's not around. Uh, it's as if we love to talk. I know you love to talk. Uh, we'll see you again real soon on TF3, but in the meantime, Dave, where can people go find you?
0: Um, go on to Facebook and type in other Front 3 and like it.
1: Ah, good, yeah. For more go. live
0: shows and that, fun. Would
1: actually, that would actually be really good. Uh, go take a look at that. And uh, it will see you midweek on TF3. There isn't any Champions League this week, but... Uh, what is it? Is it the, the thingy... The something cup? It's the EFL? The, cu- e- the EDL uh, cup? Yeah, the, the EDL cup. The EDL cup? or <laughs> uh,
0: the, uh, the, the League Cup, let's call it, Lawrence.
1: Sydney. Yeah, it's the League Cup this week. Uh we're not going to wait for any special games uh, around that, but obviously the Premier League is back and having a great time. So uh, enjoy it with us. Let us know your thoughts as you listen along. Um, and don't forget to tweet us at the front three on Twitter. We'll see you again real soon on TF3. Three.
0: Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. See ya! Bye! 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 Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.